Hey, everybody. On the run with Beards and Dunn back again. Beards, when you talk about on the run, I should say on the road. We're doing our Midwest uh, retirement tour, as I guess you'd call it. We've been to Iowa. We've been into Nebraska bicycling. We went out to the Black Hills of South Dakota. Now we're about up in Minnesota. I'm in the, the, the northern country of Hendricks, Minnesota at my sister's. Beards, where are you at? Well, and, and later today, you'll be coming <laughs> way north to Bemidji, Minnesota. We can't yeah, wait, Doug, for, t- for you and Karen to, to uh, come and stay for a few days. We're going to do some fishing. You guys can probably oh. do some cycling. Uh, it's beautiful. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, by the time this comes out, we'll be at Beards' place. And hopefully our next podcast, we're going to be in the same room together. I don't know. I don't know if that's, that's a good idea or not. <laughs> that's going to be interesting. <laughs> It could be combustible or something like that. So, Dan, I got to ask you. How, okay, you've been reti- you and Karen have been retired now for pretty near a month. How you? you yeah. It seems like you're enjoying it. Uh, you know, Beards, we took off right after. You know, it was Labor Day weekend. That's when we quit that Friday before Labor Day, and we've kind of been on the go ever since. <laughs> so I just feel like we're on vacation. You know, right? Man, this is the longest vacation ever. Yeah, it's going to be a, hopefully a vacation for the rest of my life. Absolutely, a long time, but. It, it really hasn't sunk in because we've been on the road. We've been visiting with friends and family. And yeah, and it's like, yeah, we just been on a trip, on a vacation. And it's, you know, in the days, I can't tell you. I think it's, is it Friday today? I know, I, I bet. We, we record these, you know, a day or two before they come out. And, and I have a hard time keeping track of it. But we're having well, a good, blast. And, good uh, for you guys. Well, let's talk a little bit here about racing. Because I don't know if you heard on the news beards, there was a big race over in Berlin, Germany here recently. I know you're shaking your head. Well, well the guy who won it, Kipchoge, Kipchoge. That's oh, the guy. You know, talk about consistency. Oh, holy two o two. How many times has he run two o two? I know five. Well, I mean, at yeah. least. And so, you know, there was no big surprise there, and he's no. you know. But on the women's side, wow, I I'd never heard of this gal, and we might. And for the people who don't follow running or anything, you know, the world record for women. Oh, I was in Boston in 83 when, when Joan Benoit set it at 222. Yes. And, and a lot of guys are like, holy shnikes. Right. You know, I've, heard, I've heard male chauvinist men say, the day a woman beats me, I'm out. I'm done. Well, and, a lot and, of them and, just quit. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, as I got older, and uh, I don't know, I hate to say this if I ever got I, I'm not, I don't want to sound like arrogant. I don't, I don't think I ever got beat by a woman in a foot race because I quit running in my early thirties, mid thirties. And so I was still very competitive and, um, you know, Joan Benoit, she about got me, but anyway, um, you know, then I got into cycling and as I got older cycling, there were some women that you run into cycling, right? And, you know, Betsy, you knew Betsy, uh, yeah. Yeah, Betsy's a, a great gal, and she's a heck of a bike rider. And I've been to some bike events, and I, I'm pretty sure Betsy, and, and <laughs> the men have a, a term, and I'm sure we're going to lose half our viewers here right now. They call it getting chicked. Have you ever heard that, Beard? No, I never heard that one before. Well, getting chicked is a guy who gets uh, beat by a girl. You got I chicked. like it. A, oh, but it's terrible. You know, you shouldn't call a woman a chick. I, I know. Mean, it's, it, it, it's, it's, well, I hope they don't see it as derogatory, but it's, it's kind of slang or something. All right. But anyway, this gal runs 211.53. But, you know, the world record kind of progressed. Just they started nipping at 220. And then yes, I think it's, when it, they just barely went under. I think some gal ran 219, 218. And it well, kind of hung Well, Nicole Radcliffe, for, you know, at she London. She blew it out of like, 215. Like 215. Yeah, it took ago. like, oh, three minutes off the darn thing. And. But I got to admit, you know, Paula Radcliffe and most of these gals, they're world class. No, right. I'm not saying they were like amateurs that just showed up one day no. and did this. No. And so they they were training their you know, heinies off, you know, doing it. And then a gal, I think, was it after her 215? A gal did 214 here at a year Chicago. Or so ago. And now a gal at Berlin runs 211.53. And uh, if you've been watching the internet, I, I'm on Facebook a lot, and, and I have some uh, Jack Welch. I know you know Jack. Right. Is a writer, and he's interviewed you and and stuff before. And, man, I mean, his site's been blowing up because, you know, a lot of world-class men who are retired, she's now 98th on the all-time U.S. list. I know. Done. Most, there's not many American men that can run 211. Yeah. 
And you know, Joel Ren- Joel Renshaw, who's a heck of a runner out of South Dakota State, and he's running up for what's the name? Is the team Minnesota? Yes. Or Minnesota Distance Project, or you know, it's a it's a group of guys that are are and national gals. class runners and gals who are national class runners who have said, you know, to go out and do what Dick Beardsley did, do it by myself, right? Support myself. Have no, you know, coach from distance. You know, that's a tough, Beards, that was a tough road to hoe. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, got, you got her done. I had no you know, choice. Guys are, uh, yeah, they weren't, there wasn't a team. You know, when you and I got together, we were a team of two. Right. You know, sort of thing. And Well, Joel is up in Minneapolis or somewhere. I'm not sure where they train, you know, regularly. Yeah, it's around the Minneapolis area. Well, he was a 28, you know, mid-28 minute I think, you know, 10K guy. Yeah. He he ran 2.12.11 at uh, California International Marathon. Got third place. I mean, feather in his cap, and it's right. really a jump. You know, he's he's now approaching that, well, he's an elite athlete, but, you know, he's, he's knocking on the door of, you know, world class. Right. And, you know, I'm not, nothing against Joel, and I'm not trying to make, but, you know, this guy ran faster than he did. I, done. And, and, and it just kind of makes you wonder, how's that Well, possible? you and you look at her progression, she went like two thirty-five to two, like twenty, and now all of a sudden she runs yeah. two eleven. I mean, and yeah, and um, you know, and again on the internet, everybody's being pretty. Um, what's the word? Judicious. Uh, yeah. There, there's like, boy, this is this is this is interesting. <laughs> I think interesting is a, is another word for suspicious. Yes. You know, or something. Well, and there has been Kenyan athletes, and I'm thinking of a gal named Jip Jip Joe. J-I-P-C-O, Jipco. And she had won, I think, a couple, like New York a couple times or Chicago. And she got, she got uh, what's the word? Busted. Nabbed. Right. Busted for, uh, and it's either uh, EPO, which if runner, if people don't know, it's, a, it's a, a, a medicine that can help you develop more blood cells. It was invented for people that had like uh, bone marrow cancer right. or anemia real bad. Their, their bodies uh, weren't producing enough red blood cells on their own. And this medication would stimulate your processes. Well, somebody got the idea. I wonder if I gave that to a, an athlete, an endurance yep. athlete, because we need more red blood cells to right. carry oxygen. We can, it's, like, it's like putting nitro in your gas exactly. or something. <laughs> You're going to go like crazy. And, and, so they, and it worked. And then there's another one called CERA, and I don't know what that stands for, C-E-R-A. But I hear about all these in the, in the, in the sci- world of cycling. And um, anyway, you know, plus then the shoes, Adidas right. came out with their version and they claim, and this was on the internet last night, Dick, I was right before I went to bed, <laughs> those shoes, they said they, they cost $500 Holy and, they can only be, and, and they can only be worn once. And uh, cause they're only good. They're like, thir- they're, the weight is on bl- uh, microscopic weight. And so they, they don't hold up to like you, they said they, so she wore them. Now she got them for free. I of mean, course. she's a world class athlete. You know, they gave them to her and say, "Look," and and she, I'm guessing she might have worked out. How do you buy? And they they're they're good for one use. Wow. And some people on the internet go, "Yeah, there's so much for not running in new shoes." Dick Beersley. <laughs> no, they didn't say Dick Beersley on there. But you don't run in new shoes. Everybody knows that. Man, you're gonna find a seam or a uh, something's gonna start rubbing that shouldn't, and you're gonna get blisters or whatever. Well, then, Beards, last night they said they're on the market now for the yeah. common person, 650 bucks. For And you can use them one time. Yes. And they and I saw some places said the sites are sold out already. Okay. This is, okay. You know I what? I know. Okay. Now, this is my opinion. People are trying, you know, what, did they say what kind of, uh, Drop in times you get by wearing those shoes, a percentage no. or anything? No, they, that, that hasn't been tested. They said, you know, if if Nike claimed 4%, and right. they said that varies according to the runner, their stride sure. pattern. You, you would have got like freaking 10%. <laughs> I think well, or something. No, you were so efficient anyway. Yeah. I'm not sure you would have got the 4 or 5% efficiency because you were but so done. damn efficient. But you the know, energy return. New Balance yeah. sent me a pair a couple years ago of those of those, uh, oh, yeah. the carbon plated shoes. And, you know, I'm slower molasses in January now. <laughs> and when you put them on done, just walking in them, they push you forward. When you run in I, them, oh my gosh. It, and yeah. then the nice, but they, so they, they no definitely big, yeah. push you forward. But, and then you, your legs aren't near as beat up after a yeah. marathon, a half marathon. It's pretty amazing. But 600 bucks for one time yeah. shoe. Yep, Why any yep. so-called amateur runner 
would oh. waste their money on that is beyond me. Well, Beards, it's probably the same reason that amateur bikers are buying e-bikes. <laughs> right. That are 14, and then they make an e-bike right now in the special. It's $14,000. Wow. And yeah, and I have a, I have one, not that model. No. I just want to create. But I got a model step down. And I'm not saying this to brag. It's it's 9000 bucks. Right. And you know what? I love it. It's worth every penny. I know you and that's do. that's probably the attitude of a runner who's, let's say you're on the cusp of three hours and you're just like, you're at that 40 something year old and you're right. like, man, I'm, I'm training my, as much as I can. I'm not getting any faster. And these are legal. There's no reason I no. can't use these shoes. And it's no. kind of like using a goo or right? some electrolyte replacement drink. It's like, it's, it's going to help me. I'm going to, you know, money, you know, I hate to say in our society and our culture nowadays, my brother-in-law, and I were talking about this. I used to, I had a neighbor who'd come over and mow my grass when I wasn't home. And I'd, I'd always throw him a $20 bill. Yeah. You know, hey, is there, buddy, thanks for doing it. And he'd, ah, you don't need to pay me. And I'd, ah, go out and get yourself something. You know, right. Go out for supper. Now, there's, the 100 is new 20. I, and, <laughs> you know, now people listening to this might say, you arrogant son of a buck. I don't have $100 bills I'm turning around. But, you know, I just got my oil, oil change in Rapid City. Beards, what do you think I paid for an oil change? Just straight up oil change. Well, I just had one the other day. Now I use synthetic oils in my in my yeah. truck, but it was eighty five bucks. Eighty eight bucks for you. Now, I grew up on a farm. Yeah, eighty eight bucks. And I about I asked the guy, well, geez, did you rotate my tires and <laughs> well, they did flush out my me. radiator and and and, and <laughs> fill replace the, the transmission fluid? <laughs> and, you know what? To do? It was a straight. You know what? And and it kind of hit me. And and I can't. It's inflation. And you know I've. My, you know, I just retired. So, hey, I work at a hospital. Anybody who works at a hospital shouldn't complain about no. the prices of stuff. No. They charge you mean, $10 for an aspirin. Oh, well, you know, and people don't understand the expenses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I know is this is what my bill was, and I don't have insurance. You're, you're going to be, like, hawking your your $9,000 bike to pay your bills <laughs> and stuff. Well, anyway, Beards, you know, we could go round and round and round on this for an hour. And it is what it is. And, you know, well done. Here's the deal, and this is what's hurting our sport of distance running, running in general track and field, is that anytime anybody does run a fast time, oh, yeah. number one, oh, they must be doped up and stuff. Exactly. And there's no pure, like, man, what a great performance. No, and they're, really, so I'm, there's always that suspicious suspicion, and and they're catching more of these people more and more all the time now. That the, past, well, like you said earlier, yeah. past champions from Boston, New Years York, ago. Chicago. Years ago, and the money's gone. The money's gone. They're not getting the money back, but they take away their honor, right? You know, and there's got to be a shame. And of course, the athletes. My gosh, you know, I, I follow pro cycling. You talk about a, I hate to say it, a dirty sport, right? And they keep saying, "Oh, we've cleaned it up." You know, first it was, you know, back in the '90s, it was just terrible. And people were dying because of this, uh, yeah. uh, the EPO. Because you develop more bl red blood cells, there's this thing called hematocrit, the thickness, the, the percentage of red blood cells in your volume of blood. And you you increase your risk of blood clots. Oh. That's part of the job of blood cells is if you get, and there were athletes in, in when their heart rates are so fit, their heart rates would slow down. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not bragging. My heart rate would be down into the 30s. Right. I think yours did too because we got this huge, big old strong heart muscle. Well, when blood doesn't flow freely, it tends to coagulate. It'll oh. clot up. It's like, and that's its job. If you get a hole in your cut your beard, you should know all about bleeding. But <laughs> yeah. anyway, and clotting. But um, athletes are dying of blood clots in their sleep. Young, healthy athletes, you know, and, and a lot of them are amateurs because they were trying to make the jump to the pros. And sure. to do that, they were using not well. They were training hard. Unfortunately, you know, it's sometimes hard training can only take you so far right. genetically, and some people aren't willing to accept that. And it's like um, well, that's the way it should be. Oh, there's a movie on Netflix called The Writer. The Writer, and it's in its fiction. It's loosely based on a pro athlete, a uh, cyclist yeah. career, and it it's kind of the behind the scenes, and it shows tons of you know, unfortunately, blood doping, testosterone sure. injections, all this stuff, which I don't think I'm. I know it's not far from the truth, and and it's and unfortunately, the money. What does a what does the winner of Berlin make? Oh, just in prize money beers. Well, Is done five hundred thousand, yeah, half a mil, somewhere in that neighborhood. And then like somebody like Kipchoge oh. in the top run. Oh, they're they're definitely he's probably getting three to four hundred thousand just to show oh, up, show up. And then his contracts are millions. And oh, stuff. right. 
And so if you're a young athlete who's, you know, and I'm like, I, you know, I never met Joel Renshaw. I just, I appreciate Joel is going for it. You know, here's yeah. a kid that went to South Dakota state. He's got, he's talented. Obviously he's got a great work ethic. Um, you know, Rod DeHaven was his coach in college and he's decided, you know, I'm, I'm making a commitment here and I'm going to see where I can Good go with for him. This. It's a, it reminds me of you, Dick, you know, I just wish more, you know, I, I, I'd like to say I went for it. And in the end you get to a point of reality. I never broke 30 minutes in the 10 K. Yeah. So for me that, you know, I wanted to see how far I could take it. And I think I did. And, and, you know, Joel was, you know, he ran the 10 K. I hate to say this Dick faster than you ever. ran. Oh yeah. 10K. But that doesn't, you always transfer that you're going right. to run a great marathon. Right. You know? And so, but how do you know until you get out there until and you, you try after what's Terry Collison get after it. Right. And so I think somebody like him, you know, I, I'm hoping he's like you. If you know, you said it wasn't even available. You didn't. You didn't know anybody using the stuff. You didn't no. know how the stuff worked, and you didn't know the stuff existed. Exactly. Other than we used to hear about Lassie Viren over in Finland that blood you know, doping. Reindeer. And- yeah, yeah, exactly. He he said it was the reindeer milk. But anyway, that must have been their name for it. But um. But I give Joel you know, a lot you, of credit. You were you tempted. Know? Now Joel, I'm hoping you know he's not around anybody. Or, you know, that would say, look, Joel, you know, you're a 212 bud, but to get to that level, you got to go sub 210. And yeah. to make that leap, you know, we got, you know, right. we, got, we can do it. So nobody will ever find out. Wow. You know, those It'd kind of temptations. Tempting. Oh, I'm just glad when I was 22, 23, 24 years old, nobody whispered that in my right. ear. Because, uh, you know, there's part, yeah, you can say, Mike, you wouldn't have done it today. But at that time. But done. At if, that time, you know. Oh, I, I look man. back at, and, and think that same thing. You know, nobody ever said anything like that to me either. But if they would have at the time, I, I, I can't for sure say I wouldn't have. I, I hope I would have been smart enough <laughs> remember, not to. You know, I like quoting old runners, Frank Shorter, and hopefully we'll get to get visit yes. him someday. But Frank, you know, he was interviewed a gazillion times. And one day I saw a quote and he can, I doubt he even remembers all of his great quotes, but he goes, if they would find out that eating horse manure would make you a faster <laughs> runner, there'd be a line of skinny little guys outside the horse stable the next day. Absolutely. And I remember him saying that because I think he's saying that's human nature. Right. And runners are so obsessed, um, you know, yeah, obsessive compulsive disorder. You know, we've got. That's what makes them so good, one- though. Oh, it is. You got to have that focus. You got to have that fire in the belly to go out day after day after day, you know, like. When, when you're out doing it, when Nolly guys look out the window and go, nah, I don't think I'm going to go out today, it doesn't look very nice. <laughs> right. And there's guys that are, you know, there's no bad weather. It's just bad clothing choices. Brings as, back as memories. Joe St- <laughs> Joe Stelly. You know, you get out there and you're going to do it because you're driven by some internal forces. Yep. We'll, try to, we'll try to go through that someday psychologically. What's that all about? But anyway... um. Yeah, so that it's kind of exciting time for running. Right. But also, but you know, and another friend of mine, I do, you know, when you mentioned you had a pair of those shoes, a good friend of mine named David Jessup. Dave's a physician and, and he and I have tra- been training partners and and uh he got a pair of them and he had to go buy his. Yeah. And uh he, he wears about a size nine and a half, and I'm like a ten and a half. And he goes, Dad, you want to try these on? And I go, Yes, I do. Right. And I, I unlaced them as much as I could. I, I thought, shit, if I wreck these shoes, because I think they're like 250 bucks. Oh, yeah. Nike. Yeah, yeah. Why well, wedge my little my fat feet into them? And just beards walked around his house. I can't even run, but I kind of kind of kind of jogged yeah. and played, you know, jogged across the living room floor. And you're right, I felt like I was gonna fall uh, on my nose. I know not, it. Not, I'm exaggerating, but I mean, you but, could feel like, wow. Yes. Well, if this is, if I notice it just walking, yes. then I feel like I'm being propelled. It, you, 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 Mikey, that's exactly what you feel like. You feel like you're being propelled and somebody's behind you kind of just giving you a nice gentle push forward every time you take Inter- a stride. Interesting. You yeah. know, and the whole thing is also they're using them. You know, if you're an elite athlete, you probably can have a freaking bunch of these shoes because right. the companies are giving them to you. You know, but I've heard it, you know, when they do their hard interval training, they can you wear these shoes and the next day, like you said, Dick, Dick, they're not beards, they're not beating you up exactly. to the point where you have to have it. You know, we used to do the hard, easy system that you have to, you right. got to give yourself training occurs during recovery, not actually during exactly training. Training is actually injuring yourself and then your body adapts and it heals and it heals more efficiently. Right. Uh, you know, you're, you're stronger. Well, the, uh, more often you can you know, 
you, you don't want to damage yourself to the point where it takes longer to recover. Well, these give you that ability to develop those physiological components that make you run faster, and you can come back and do it again. Now, Frank Shorter got yep. beat by a West a East German in in, uh, in Montreal, and the years later, it found out he was they he was being trained by the East German. Oh, and he was doped to the was, gills. He was well, he was using a, a lot of steroids. Um, you know, in steroids, there's lots of different types, corticoid steroids, and our body produces steroids to, to help us heal and stuff. But he was using an artificial amount of them to recover. He could train harder more often Yes, because his body was able to use artificially steroids to heal quicker. And then you could train harder, heal quicker, train harder, heal quicker. So he, you know, we're, you know the average guy... He could do his so much training in such a short period of time. His physiological capacity, he got there quicker and was able to maintain it longer. He didn't anyway. So he was cheating. <laughs> he was yeah. cheating, and that's what it kind of comes down to. And that's you know, I guess beards. You and I, I lay down at night. I sleep like a baby. Me too. Because uh, I I don't have any you know any guilt about it. I've never cheated in a race. Um, yeah, me too. I've never taken anything artificial. I think you and I tried um, bee pollen. Once time, oh yeah, I think we heard that, that was a big that thing back for a in while. the seventies. Yeah, yeah, the bee pollen would make you run faster. <laughs> yeah, it I, made you spend your money, waste your. <laughs> well, you <laughs> know, I richer. don't know that it made me run faster, but you know, it thought you thought it might have. Well, I thought it might have, yeah. been, but then I always, <laughs> you know, I'd be going around all day going. Bzzz. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it! Stop it! That's enough of that. All right. Well, you know, and, you know, the whole thing. It, it comes down to racing and, and the joy of racing. Uh, you know, we loved it. And I've, I, I know, and, and you've got your training log. I've got mine here from 1982. And you know, beards. I think I counted. I think I, ha I started racing in April 17th at the Brookings 10K, uh, and then I raced till October 3rd. April, May, June, July, August, September, October. Seven months. Had 18 races. And so, you know, I'm looking through it here, and it was pretty much every weekend. If there was a race within driving distance, yeah, I was there. And when I showed up, it was pretty much the same guys weekend after weekend after weekend. Because there's about five, six, seven of us. You know, I start naming names. Rob Kinnanen, Randy Fisher, Dwayne Mills Slagle, uh, Virgil Cheardsma. Um, I'm trying to think of the dude from, uh, from over in Worthington that was really a good runner. Uh, Winia. Yeah, Gerald, Gerald Winia. Winia. Um, then you had the local guys, you know, uh, Jan Kane, yeah. uh, uh, Todd and, and, and Kevin Sheldon. I mean, but there's, you, you could go through this list of the, you know, the runners back in the day and weekend after weekend after weekend, we'd all be at a road race. And Done. a lot of times we were at the same road race. I'm looking at my logbook and, uh, that year of 82 from, uh, January to the end of October, I ran 20 races. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, and and the whole thing was, well, I wasn't getting a dime. <laughs> to, I was spending money to go do these, which was, a, I didn't care. You know, it was, that's it's just the way it was. You had to pay your entry fee. And I'm sure in most of those cases, you weren't, there was, there was no prize money at any of these races. No, but, and I'm looking, other than one or two races, I mean, I'm look, I was going up and against some of these guys that were like oh, studs. Yeah. yeah. Well, we I went up against the studs of South Dakota. <laughs> you went up against the studs of Minnesota, and they they had a lot more of them over there. Oh no, I mean talking. Difference. I'm talking USA. Oh, we're, you're talking world class because you were now traveling to some pretty good races in '82. In fact, now, I done. remember you. Yeah, yeah, I look at my logbook, and I only I only ran about three races in Minnesota that year. They're all out of state and other parts of or, or, out or of, out of parts country. of the world. That's because beards. You were world class at that well, time, and so uh, for you to stay in in Minnesota would have been kind of like uh, I don't know. I don't sound negative towards the Minnesota guys, but like a workout for you because you needed you needed a higher level. Yeah, really. If you're going to run at a world class level, you got to. You know, they always say if you want to get better, you compete against guys better than you are. Yeah, it, and that, that does challenges help. you and motivates you to raise your game up to their level. And I was doing it on a local level here. And so, you know, if there was a race, you know, we kind of ended up with grandma's last, it was June 19th. I know you won it. I got 10th. Yeah. I actually, one week later, I went to Watertown, uh, the Lake Campesca. I didn't do the half marathon. They have a great race up there. It goes around the Lake Campesca. Nice. A, it's like a half, it's like Detroit Lake. You yeah. know, it's like your half marathon. It's just there. Let's run around the dark right. thing. And the distance was right. 
I did a four-mile relay with Bob Bartling, Tammy uh, Weimer, Weimer, I think was the name, out of Brookings, um, and Virgil Church and, oh, uh, and I, the four of us. And, man, my legs. It was one week after Grandma's. And I was good. For, I did a four-mile leg of the, of the relay, and the first two miles are fine. <laughs> the last two miles, I was like you at the end of Grandma's. I couldn't wait for this to get over with fast enough because my legs, I tell you, they hadn't recovered. And I remember distinctly, Beards, the first two miles I was flying, the last two miles, it was one step after the other. Because when, <laughs> well, when the lights went out, but lucky it was a relay, like there was nobody near me, and we won the darn thing. Well, I ran 20, I ran 2014 for four miles. Nice. A decent four mile, but I, I went out like at 450 pace and ended up at 520 pace. I was running marathon pace at that. But, you know, and so then, you know, one week after that, I'm at Lennox doing the Lennox six mile. One week after that, I'm at Adrian, Minnesota doing, and my legs felt good. Now I'm back. July, one week later, I'm at Mitchell doing a 15K. One week after that, I'm at Salem. Okay, then I had a two-week break before we went, oh, three, to the Brookings one-hour run. So, yeah, I mean, racing, I, I uh, you and I think I don't know if you said it. It's the cherry on top of the dessert. It really you know, is. It's your banana what, split and yeah. done. It's why you train because the the, <laughs> yeah. the hard part is and and the not so fun training. part is kind yeah. of the training. The fun part is oh. getting in there and racing. And I'm looking at my logbook. So right after Duluth on the 19th, the next morning I jumped on a plane, went to Anchorage, Alaska, and a few days <laughs> after I got there, I ran a 10k. I ran. I, remember that. I went through the first mile in 426 ended up running uh oh. uh let's see 30 44 and it was fortunate to get first and then yeah, a couple because wasn't don clary and some good runners from alaska yeah I, I think and then and then the next two days later i was in fairbanks and i ran another 10k run like 29.50 and was fortunate when that done i get back and a few days later, I'm in Saginaw, Michigan. I run the Bridgeport five miler and ran 24:19, got first. And then the next weekend, I'm in Middletown, New York, for the Orange County Classic. So okay, I so this. I'm in the race. Frank Shorter Frank. is that it's his hometown. Frank's in it. Rod Dixon, Mister Stud, is in the race. We go through the. First mile in 421, and I'm hurting, <laughs> and it was hot. Well, uh, Shorter ended up winning it. Rod was uh, yep. second. I can't remember who you got were... third. I was fourth, ran 30-44. And then um, a week and a half later, I'm in Agawam, Massachusetts for the Riverside Park five-miler. Done. We go out the first mile in 419, I'm hanging on to the back of the pack. So done. That day in, in that five miler out in Agawam, Massachusetts, I run twenty three thirty one and wow. got eighth. Greg Meyer set the American record that day, ran twenty two forty six, and Bobby Hodge was right behind him in twenty two forty eight. I couldn't even see them guys by the time he yeah, got I, to the end. Well, five mile was a little outside your wheelhouse. It was That's pretty short for you, but but man, you know, Beards, I was trying to keep track there. There, were, you were just basically traveling and racing, traveling and racing, traveling and racing. Well, and done. I don't know how much training you got. Well, well, you know me. I'd go out. I'd, the I, I, I remember day, after that yeah. Aguam five miler. It was. That it was that night. The next morning, I went out and did like a twenty-two miler, you know. But then oh done. My gosh. That <laughs> so I get back from Agawan. The race was was August eighth. Four days later, I'm in Brookings, South Dakota, for you know what? Ooh, the one-hour run. And yeah, you know that's. Let's uh, just get right into it. Yes. You know, um, we uh, Bob Bartling was you know Mr. Perry Strider and. Uh, he would host the Prairie Striders, and and at that period of time, they were hosting the Hour Run twice a year. I know they it did, was, but and done. They did one they were, in the spring, one in the fall, and they were being held all over the country back then. They were where they were. They were called Postal. Yes. And what you would do is, and and it was uh, TAC. I think was the the Athletic Congress. Right. It used to be called a um, AAU, 
but you know they changed the configuration of amateur athletics or whatever and it became the 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 TAC they they were like the sponsors of it or, or the underwriters or whatever they organizer but then you'd have your local uh, TAC official and we had one in Sioux Falls uh, uh, Peggy Graff who um, you had to have a you said beers. I don't know if you remember this. You used to get an AAU card. Yes, to run ra- AAU races. And you had and to I, have it one. was a minimal fee. It was probably like ten bucks or whatever. And and bike racers have it too. They have a we have a cycling federation that you had to be a member of to race. And then the athletic congress kind of replaced the AAU. And and the gal who had been doing the licensing in South Dakota. Oh, I just I should remember her name because I bought li- AAU licenses from her for years. But she wanted to retire. She was getting old. And Peggy Graff, bless her heart, she said, well, somebody's got to do this. And Peggy was a heck of a runner. She broke 40 minutes for 10K and, right. and was really good. And um, so she became the, the TAC official that would sell uh, uh, licenses to race a TAC events. Well, then, Bob, they had, you know, they were TAC sanctioned and all this. They made sure courses were accurate. Uh, at, and they would do all the TAC paperwork to make courses certified. In fact, I think Brookings kind of, you know, lorded it over the rest of the state. They had certified courses. Well, because so, of Bob. Oh, exactly. Because your time in Rapid City, not to pick on Rapid City or, or, or in Aberdeen or Watertown, wherever the race was, if you actually set an age group or a, heck, heaven forbid, an American world record, it wouldn't count. It wouldn't count because it wasn't a sanctioned course. It has to be, you know, sanctioned means that it had been certified, that it was 100% legal. It was the right distance. And Bob, he, he loved, to, to, you know, age group records. He kept track of those things for people. And he had several. And Barrett, you and I, I think at one time had age group records for the hour run. Yeah. And, uh, because we did these, these events. And so anyway, they had an hour run that spring in like April. And I, or March, April, it was early. And I, for whatever reason, I didn't go. But, you know, um, some of our teammates, uh, Randy Fisher, Virgil Cheerdsma, they had done it that spring and it ran really well, somewhere between 11 and 12 miles, probably like 5, um, 15, 520 yeah. pace for an hour. Now, for people that are listening and going, hour run, hour run, um, I don't understand. You just go out on the road and run for an hour and they measure how far you ran or something? Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's a lot more uh, specific. Oh, yeah. You run on a track. Exactly. You run on a track. Now, most runners who love running, Track running and racing isn't probably, they love being out in nature, going down gravel roads, right. going, you know, grassy parks, you know, beautiful scenery. Yeah. You go to the track and you make, you go run in a circle, a quarter mile <laughs> for at a an time hour. for an hour. And so, you know, a lot of people hated the 10 K in track because it's 25 laps of the track and you're running as fast as you can. And, and man, after about 12 laps, you're like, what? oh, I'm, not, I'm half done, you know, and I've got 12, 13 right. more laps to do. And, and it's kind of mentally, you know, really tough. But the coolest thing about running on the track is the um, pacing. Every quarter mile, you, you, they yell out your split, you know, and if you're doing five minute miles, that's 75 seconds exactly. for each lap. Now, if you're doing six minute miles, it's 90 seconds for each lap. You know, you can you can do the math. And so, like Bob always said, the hour run is the perfect race to learn pacing. Because if you want to, you know, run efficiently, you should run basically the same speed the whole race. Because, you know, it's just more efficient that way. Your body can handle it. So, they ran one that spring. And for whatever reason, I didn't run it. But we knew one was coming up that fall. And I don't know when you and I, you know, and Bob and uh, Rob Kinnanen, and I'm trying to think of uh, uh, John Maryhugh from uh, USD, uh, Don Oberly from Aberdeen. There was a bunch of guys that were the good runners. And and, and Bob Fish, said, you know, too. Uh, well, Fish ran the spring one. No, he, he ran the, the fall one, one too. No, nah, he wasn't there. I looked at the results. He, he wasn't? Did it, he did in this. No. Uh, I thought, I thought he got third done. No, Rob did. Rob Kinnanen. Okay. But, uh, we'll, we'll look this up later because I know we're kind of <laughs> sticklers for details. <laughs> anyway, well, it, and you you made a commitment to come do it. Right. And because I think it was mostly because I was going to be there. It was a chance for us to get together with, with you and Mary, your first right. wife, and Karen. And, and Bob was like, yeah, let's. And listen to this. They did it on a Thursday night. 
which was usually these things were like at nine in the morning, yes. eight in the morning. And mornings are pretty good because I don't know if people know this in South Dakota, the wind tends to blow. And if you wait till like one, in, well, nobody wants to run a race at one in the afternoon because it's going to get hot. Right. And the wind's going to be howling. And so for whatever reason, it was like a twilight meet. They used to call them twilight meets. You have them like around sunset. And we did it at 6 p.m. On, on, and I'm looking at the date here. August was, 8th. August, or no, yeah, August 12th. Like 12th. 12th, yep. And it was a, and usually at the hour runs, you'd get all kinds of abilities. Uh, you know, Lorne Bartling would show up, and Lorne do, I think Lorne had, because Lorne was probably in his 80s. Right. And he was still doing these things, and he had age group records. And you know, Lorne was probably doing between nine miles and 10 miles. You know, he couldn't do six minute miles anymore, but, you know, he'd, he'd be out there doing it. And, and you'd, I don't remember too many younger kids or t- high school no. kids, but there'd be you know, a lot of uh, female gals. Well, you'd have a, not a track full of people, but, but you'd have quite a few people. And Dan, on the track. We, that day we had, there was quite Six. a few people in the stands watching. In the stands. It was kind of, I don't want to call it, it was an invitational one hour run. It kind of was. Basically, though. it basically was. We only ended up with, in, which was good, because if you have a lot of people, now you can imagine after an hour, you, you're going to be lapping people. Yes. Once you get a quarter mile ahead of them, and, and I might might as well just cut to the chase. We'll get into the details. But Beards, I got, Beards won it. I got second, and Beards lapped me. Now, there's no shame in getting lapped by Dick Beardsley in a one-hour run because Dick ran over, you ran over 12 miles. 12, I have it down on my book here. 12 miles, 396 yards. Yes. And so when Dick came around me toward, with one mile, I think it was one mile to go, I had about five minutes left in the race, I heard Beards' footsteps, and I knew he was coming. And he, and you came around me. You know, and you're kind of, in my mind, I'm thinking, geez, I just got lapped, and I'm in second place. But then you got to think of a, a road race. Yeah. You know, a 12-mile road race. Do you think there's a chance Dick could end up a quarter mile ahead of me? But done. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here, oh, yeah. Now, I'm, let me read what I got in my logbook here after the race. Weather was, was a little rainy and about 70 degrees with strong southeast winds. Felt very yeah. good the whole way. Did not push real hard. Um, <laughs> 74 second splits. Um, <laughs> and then done, Then at the end I go, Dunn ran great and finished second, just 50 yards short of 12 miles. Oh, don't even bring it up. But, you know, yeah, no, here's the, here's the scenario. Dick showed up. I don't know. I think you got there the night before the race. And you stayed out at the Starlight, Starlight or whatever. Yep, the Starlight Hotel next to the interstate. And we drove up early. Karen and I drove up early in the day to hang out with you guys. Right. It was a Thursday. And I remember we, we were taking this race very seriously. Oh, and yeah. we said we're staying off our feet. Beards, I, I have a, a memory of you and me <laughs> laying on a motel bed watching TV. <laughs> you know, what, I can't even imagine. We were just hanging out, chit-chatting the girls. I think. They were in the other room because it's like, oh, we talked about was running. Right. And we kept looking outside the curtains. Uh, we didn't have a weather check no. like, on your phone. We didn't have cell phones. There's no way. So every about every hour, one of us would pop up and pull the curtain out <laughs> back and go, I kind of remember that. It's still blowing. It's still, yes. and, and we were like bummed. It's like, dang, you know, because running around the track, half the time you're going to be running right. into the wind. Half the time you'll have the wind helping you. Well, the, it never helps you as much as it hurts no. you. And so we kept watching the wind and it wasn't getting any better. And I kept kind of, I don't know if I said it or in my mind, I said, yeah, but you know, down around sunset, you know, towards the late afternoon, early evening, the wind tends to die down. Yeah. It's just the way of the temperature variance or whatever. And so by the time we head over to the track, like at five, um, it was, it was getting a little better. It was getting a little better, but I'm not going to say it was, it was definitely not calm. And if anybody ever goes to our website or on, you know, if they see this on YouTube, you'll see that. We kind of use as our logo is a, a silhouette of Dick and I. And I'm on your shoulder, on your on your right shoulder, right yeah. behind you. And that picture was taken from that hour run. And it was probably about the second or third lap because we're all lined up behind the beards. He's our he's our leader. And, you know, your hair. We had hair back <laughs> in those days. Hair. You, your hair is sticking up. My hair's blowing <laughs> up. And, you know, it's just because we're running up the home stretch into that heading east into that little bit of a southeast breeze. And uh, Rob Kinnanen is lined up. I see Jeff. I see Don Oberly. We're all lined up behind you. And, uh, and uh, you know, you were knocking out 74, 75, 74s. 
And um, I was, I hung with you and the, some of the guys started tailing off. And I remember I was the last one and I hung with you till about three miles. And we went through three miles and right around 15 minutes flat. I, you know, Cause I, I looked at my log here done and for the whole thing I, I have written down, I averaged 454 a mile. Yep. And so we were sub, you know, we we're doing sub five. Right. And, and, and I got to admit, you know, following you, you, whenever we ran together, it kind of, it just felt the runs flowed. I felt pretty good. But I kind of had that, you know, you know, when you're at your threshold and yeah. your thresholds, when you're, you're at about 90% of your max heart rate, you're, 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 you're kind of finding that point where lactic acid, which is a waste product of metabolism is building up. And if you're on the, right on the edge, you're, you're processing it about as fast as you're building it up. And so it, it's kind of hurts, but you're, you're, you're able to maintain that speed where if you go a little faster and you start developing more waste products than you can, can eliminate carbon dioxide in your blood, uh, all this kind of stuff, you're creating a debt and the debt gets bigger and bigger and bigger to where <laughs> right. fatigue really, you know, it sounds like money. You know, if you get in a hole with your credit cards and they start charging you interest, exactly. man, it is hard to get out of that hole. Good way to the put same it. Thing with, yeah, it's the same thing with this, these fatiguing factors. And I knew I was on the cusp, you, can, you know, like you, and you find this point through trial and error, you find it through training, you find it through racing. And I, I had to let you go because I thought, well, if I hang with the beards another mile or two, I maybe can do that. But, oh, I'm going to have to slow down because of the fatigue. And I didn't want. And so I, I let you go. And so now, which is really hard, we're all running by ourselves. Yeah. We're all running. You know, we're all running our own little race around the track. Now, what's kind of interesting about this hour run is every runner has to have an assigned. I don't know if I'd call him an official, but a, 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 a timekeeper. Oh, that's they right. Count your laps and record your time every lap. And if people really have any interest in this whatsoever, go to our uh, beardsanddonepod.com website. And I've got, I'll have this up. Uh, it's, it's on uh, the extras. Is I have my sheet. I don't know. Did you, I wonder whatever happened to your Who results Who knows? Sheet. Probably in a box somewhere. <laughs> I got a photocopy of mine because they had to send in the original to TAC because it's made sure. part of the, the competition nationwide. Well, I got a copy of mine, and a guy named Greg Mix was a local runner in Brookings, and Greg was out there, and, and I don't know if these guys, they all volunteered, or Bob recruited them, and I don't know who did your splits, but Greg Mix did mine, because he had to sign his name to the results sure. and date it, and like say, yep, I, I attest that this is what the guy did. So I have every quarter mile wow. you know, time, I'd and then to off to the that. side, oh, well, go to my, go I to my website and see mine. But anyway, and so I went through like six miles. I was like at 29 plus. I was sub fives and I was sub, sub fives all the way through eight miles. Nice. And then, you know, man, but the, it started slipping away. It started slipping away. And I started, I think I threw in a few 76s. And, you know, I was, and if you look at my splits, they were all 74 to 70s. I think the slowest quarter I ran was 77. That's, a, that's impressive. Oh, Dunn. very consistent. Very, yeah, like a metronome. You're trying to just maintain well, that and same Dunn, speed the whole the, way. The nice thing about running on a track is, you you know, you kind of get in that rhythm. There's no hills yep. or anything like nope. that to kind of vary no the pace a little bit. No holes to step in and, on, and get a cramp right. or whatever happened to you. At, but anyway, and so... The y'all darn thing, Beards catches me with one mile to go, and I'm doing the mathematics in my head. <laughs> I needed a 441 last mile. To hit 12. And I knew to hit 12 miles. And I, I, let's be honest, folks, I could go out and run a 441 one mile. Right. And I, and I might have been able to do that earlier in the race if you said, okay, we're just going to go one more mile and stop. Yeah. yeah I might have been able to crank out a 440. But there, I thought there's no way. But I just said, Mike, just keep running, keep running. And with one lap to go, they shoot a gun. Yes. They shoot a starter's pistol. Boom. And it's telling you, you've got one minute. And that means if you've had anything left, <laughs> go for it. Because, you know, in a regular race, you get to the, they might have a sign in the road that says 400 meters to yeah. the finish. And, you know, and they get, they do in cycling. Well, in a one hour run, you don't know where you're at in that day no. hour, but they, they will shoot the gun and they, they hand you a sock. And in yes. the sock is is sand. You're right. Sand. It's like a half a pound or a quarter of a pound. And they tie a knot in the top of the sock. Well, the reason is when that when they shoot the gun again, it's over. Yep. And wherever you are, it's on drop the honor the system. Sock. Drop the sock. <laughs> That's your official finishing distance yep. spot. So with and they have to give everybody this goddamn sock when they're within 
one, you know, they have they with the finish line, they have to be within a minute of the, you know, the, the, if you don't have your sock, I guess you just stop and stand there in the track. Well, no, they try to go, okay, Mike, they gave me the dang sock with as I crossed the start finish line, <laughs> I had to carry that dang sock <laughs> with me for a minute. I, know. I, I always say that's what kept me, that's what kept me from getting to there. You miles. go, no, so I'm and, and I had 60 seconds. If I could have cranked out a, oh. a 60 second last lap, I would have hit 12 miles. Because I went through those last three laps leading up to that, I ran, I ran a, a what well, would have been like 331. I was averaging like 70. I yeah. picked it up, but I couldn't pick it up any faster. And so I, I was thinking, I cannot, if I could run a 60 second last quarter, I'll hit 12 miles. That's tough. And I, I, I did, and I sprinted as hard as I could. And I think, what did you say? I was 50 yards short. 50 yards short is what I have written And down. I had to drop the, the dang sock. And, and then they go out with a tape measure. And they can measure around the track how far right to the yard. Oh yeah, everybody did. It's a heck of a an event. It's a labor of love, and then all the results get sent in. And I'm going to cut to the chase. Dick was national TAC one hour champion. I think he actually did it twice. I think he did it in '81, and then he did it again in '82. Because you and I had done this a year earlier. Yeah. And then um, I got third in the nation. Uh, a guy named Eric Huff. I don't know if you remember him. Oh he ran sure. For Poly SLO. He got second. They did postals out in the West Coast. They did them all over the United States. And the Prairie Strider Track Club won the darn thing. We were national champions. I, I didn't know that. It. Yes. Oh, yeah. And Beers, you probably have. I have a TAC. Now, I, I've never asked this question, but if you go to the, to the national championships, the United States track and field, you know, back in 1982. Yeah. You know, Craig Virgin and all these Danny, Doug Padilla, all these guys are going, Steve Scott. And they were running the, the TAC National Championship. And let's say you win the 1500 at yeah. the TAC National. You get a gold medal. And it says on the back, and I got, you got a gold medal. It says one hour run, 1982. I got a bronze medal. It says one hour run, I wonder where the heck mine is. We have then gold TAC medals that say team champions, one hour run. Wow. And I have these in a box. If you said done, I don't believe it. I'll... I'll, I'll, when I get home, I'll take a, oh my I kept gosh. All these, I didn't keep everything, but some things I got, cause how many people can say they've got a national TAC okay, I'm, gold, silver, bronze. I'm sure I probably got it in a box <laughs> somewhere in the attic. Well, we, we, um, we were just giddy as all get out. Oh, you know, I, remember. I remember we went for a cool down run and yes, there were quite a few, I don't want to call them fans. Let's call them spectators. Yeah. Uh, that came out. I think some of them uh, were a lot of the SDSU guys and I think Joe, ba uh, uh, Joe, um, Bob, Rob Beyer. I think Joe Chamberlain well, said he, he got there And my later. mother and father-in-law, uh, Ed and Sylvia Hausman were there. Came up. Oh, you know, it was, we went out for a run, my legs and beards. You know, I, I kind of use this as a, um, uh, what do they call a milestone, a marker, uh, a watershed moment. There's all these yeah. terms where I kind of, you know, I was 25 years old at that point. And um, I thought to myself, okay, that, that's a good run. That's, a, that's one of my best efforts running in my career. You know, I always dreamt of breaking five minutes in the mile as a high school kid, you know, as a freshman, right. I wanted to do it, couldn't do it, couldn't do it. And now I just cranked out. I know 12 of them. Exactly. You know, and, and, and I thought, man, and, and now I'm thinking beards knocked out 26 of these at a, at a faster, you know, what, 454, yeah. 455 pace. And so it's all relative, you know, it I, is. You know I, and, and so then, um, I kind of, you know, that's when you start thinking I need to do, and I was in grad school. I need to be thinking about my future, you know, cause I don't know <laughs> if running is going to be a great way to make a living, you know, in the meantime too. And we'll kind of wrap this up and yeah. we're, we're right at time. I was so excited, Beards. You know, you introduced me to Will Elbers at yes. Grandma's in that car ride up there. Will ended up 19th that day. I looked back at the results. I got 10th. And he said, Mike, you know, we're going to put this team together. Would you be interested? I said, yeah, I would. He goes, okay, I'll send you some stuff. Well, about a, Beards, I am not kidding you. The next week, I don't know how UPS was in existence in 1982. I guess they were. I got a box, kind of like you said. Yes. You got that box from New Balance. I got a box from Brooks. And in it were like three pairs of training shoes. A bunch of T-shirts, a warm-up suit, a racing scene. John, I shorts. remember when you got that. I was oh, so excited beards. for you. I was like a little kid on yes. Christmas morning. I, I don't know if I, I teared up or not. Like, right. I think I probably should have. I did with happiness. And they sent me a contract. 
and I have it. I have it to this day. If if I could put it up on the web, it's kind of like bragging. But I could put it up on our extras sometime because I still have it. I had to sign the darn thing and date it, you know, and send a copy I'll be back darn. to them. And it says full shoe, uh, uh, shoes and clothing. And I can't remember. I think it was five hundred or a thousand dollars of travel money. They didn't give me any cash. It wasn't like I'm buying groceries. But this. still. But they gave you the the ability to run races. And, and I, I could use that money for a couple of races. We'll talk about those next time. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, no. Beards, you know, that was kind of, you know, the, again, in 1982, to be a runner and, you know, to put that kind of work and effort into it, a lot of people might have questioned, like, Jesus, all you guys do is run and you're going, why, why, why? You know, I remember kids in high school asked me, why do you run so much? And I couldn't answer them. I, now well, I can. I, I do it because I enjoy it. Well, you know, I, I, I take pleasure and satisfaction. You know, and I don't have to justify my behavior to anybody other than my wife. But done. Now. And here's but, the deal. You know, um, we did it because we enjoyed it. Oh, love. And, love and the sport. We yeah. didn't want to look back at our age now in our upper 60s and say, oh, why didn't regret. we give it a shot? What if I would have trained a little harder? Yeah. I wonder how fast I could have run. Cause, and we'll talk about a few of my best friends who actually have told me that. You know, Mike Bills, who was a fantastic runner, three-time All-American, and Joe Chamberlain, who was, I tell you, Joe's an inspiration. He, he's a heck of a runner. Right. And um, Joe was faster than I was in college. And Joe came from a little town out in in middle of nowhere, South Dakota, and he developed himself into a national class runner, but he, he had regret. He went on to run marathons later, Boston. I can't tell you all the marathons, but he did it later in life after right. age when he was a master athlete, he was past his prime. Yeah. And to this day, there's no doubt. There is no doubt in my mind, Joe Chamberlain and Mike Bills would have run sub two twenty marathons. Oh, for sure. I just know just from knowing their personalities and their, yeah. their work ethic and their stubbornness. But, you know, and I'm not picking on Joe or Mike. They never did it when they were in their prime. And I can't explain why they, you know, maybe they can't even chose another why. path, chose another path. And yet, um, yeah, you know, when you when you have those opportunities, don't let them slip through. No. If, you know, if you know someday, you know, if you're a young athlete and you're a runner and you love running and you'd say, I wonder if I should do a marathon. Yeah, you should. Because like Dick has said, it could change your life. Yeah. In fact, done. It really could. I'm, I'm yeah, looking at uh, done. Real quick, we'll wrap it up. I'm looking at a thing I got from a uh, an organization. I spoke at at Grandma's Marathon last year. They they made this plaque with something I said. It says, um, "No matter how fast or how slow, when you cross that finish line, it'll change your life forever." Dick Beardsley. That's, that's and it's the so quote. true. I, I just mangled it. Yeah. No, you did good. Well, listen, done. I can't wait till next week when we do another show. And we want to thank everybody for listening. And if you have any questions for Don and myself or comments about the show, make sure you contact us directly on our website, beardsanddonepod.com. Or you can leave us a comment on our Facebook, Instagram, or X, formerly Twitter, all at Beards and Done Pod. Now, if you're still listening, next podcast might have some what they call extras, footage of the Beards and the Done in a fishing boat. Yes. And not that we're competitive, but... Yeah, we are. We oh, yeah. We get some biggest fish, how many and all that. But I can't wait. Pro. It's just like running. I have to follow <laughs> him. Anyway, it's all good. Now, if you're watching this on YouTube, you know, we'd love to have you hit that subscribe button, you know, uh, hit the like or uh, leave us a comment. We just look forward to, to hearing back from some of the people that might uh, want us to continue to do this. Well, done. Anyway, safe travels up to, safe hey, travels we'll to Bermidji. <laughs> oh, my God. Bye-bye, everybody. Right. You better keep it warm there. <laughs> it will be.